Hi, welcome to Save Your Sorry, where we tell you about your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities rise and fall from fame. I'm your host, Jose, with my co-host, Katrina Rochelle. Hello. Today, we have a new celebrity we shall be discussing. Okay, so today, this episode is about actress, comedian, and political activist, Roseanne Barr. Ooh, I'm actually a little jealous that you're doing Roseanne. I've been wanting to do her for a while. Hey, you stop all that nasty stuff. <laughs> That's not even how I meant <laughs> You treat this woman with respect. All right, we are going to discuss her. Yes. And that is all. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But yeah, uh, basically, you know, Roseanne has her own past. She has her own secrets and controversies. I wanted a lighter episode than the Duggar one we did last week. So I decided to choose Roseanne Barr because I actually do like Roseanne. And um, she, I think, influenced me in my childhood. And I was a very big fan of her show um, growing up. How about you? Yes, I love the show Roseanne. It was, you know, all the... TV shows are like picture perfect family and Roseanne was very snarky. It wasn't Mm -hmm. about all love. It's about yelling and it was great. Yeah. Like sometimes the episodes weren't always like neat at the end type shit. I I enjoyed that. And they were like, um, you know, they were, I don't want to say poverty, but they were more of a poor family and, they had each other and their stories and just trying to make it work and, you know, stay together. And I I definitely empathize with that. I definitely felt that in my family type of situation. So I've, I've, I watched it a lot. Nick at night, TV land, whatever it was on, I was watching it as a child. Yeah. It was (laughs) definitely more realistic. You had most of those shows where they were well off and Roseanne was not well off at all. Mm -hmm. And she still made it work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With humor. Yes, with humor. Um, So, you know, I like Roseanne. She doesn't mind offending whoever whenever she's talking about a subject, whether she or the public views it as taboo. I respect that. You know, it's not something I could always do, but I always respect somebody who is not afraid to speak their opinions because some people either do the facade thing and just say what people want to hear or you don't hear anything from them and they're just a robot. So I do, you know, I, I don't mind people who express their emotions and opinions. Um, for the most part, I agree with you. I think I'm going to hold my opinion until we get further into it, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah it might change after I read some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, as I got older and YouTube became more prominent, I started to experience and watch clips of her stand up especially earlier in her career. And I enjoyed that a lot as well. And because of all that, I figured she would also just be a great person to cover because she's like a multifaceted person. And she's put her foot in her mouth a few times with expressing her opinion, just like a lot of our subjects that we talk about. Sometimes they're worse than others is what I'll say. Some scandals are worse than others. Well, we shall see about this one. So Roseanne Cherry Barr was gifted onto this world, November 3rd, 1952. And in our um, tried and true tradition, she is a Scorpio. Another one. Another one. It's like DJ Khaled out here. I knew, like without knowing that she was a Scorpio, that she was a Scorpio. 
<laughs> you know, she has some sting to her. Definitely got some bite. Yep, yep, yep. I would definitely agree. She looking at her picture, she looked like a Scorpio. Yeah, stream Scorpio, Scorpio energy all around. Mm-hmm. So she was born in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, to uh, Jewish parents, uh, Helen and Jerome, aka Jerry Barr. Uh, so when she was a child, she used to stay up with her father. And she would watch those old variety shows and the stand-up comedies in the 1950s. He aspired to be a comedian. He, it, it never came to fruition. And even though she was young and she did enjoy this time with her father and watching uh, these shows, uh, Roseanne at this time wasn't really acknowledging a career in comedy as well. She was still like a young child. Some of her troubles, Roseanne's troubles actually started when she was a child slash teenager. Um, so around the age of uh, around 15 and 16, just because I hear different stories between those ages, but 15 and 16 years old, uh, Roseanne was in a car accident. Um, she got hit by a car. And when she was hit by the car, uh, the hood ornament on the car ended up hitting her in the head and damaging her like significantly. Ouch. Yeah. Like it... She had she had a brain injury. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Did it hit her brain? Like, yeah. So, um. They don't say, and she doesn't really explain how deep in detail, like the way she described it is that the hood ornament caught my brain and scrambled it all up. Like she basically describes it as she's getting this terrible brain injury. As she's healing from it, she's not the same person. Like her and her family are kind of noticing that she's kind of becoming erratic, maybe unpredictable. And so she asked to be institutionalized. So for about eight to nine months, she ends up being institutionalized (laughs) at the I hate you. Don't laugh. <laughs> I was trying not to, but the first time I let it pass. And then the second time. The first time, I don't think I said it right. But the first no, time, you did I don't not. Thank you. <laughs> so she was institutionalized for about eight to nine months at the Utah State Hospital. Roseanne says, I get conflicting stories from Roseanne because uh, what Roseanne says is that she was very guarded didn't know who to talk to. She was kind of by herself. She's still a teenager. But on the other hand, you know, once people got to know her, she was kind of known as chunky. And she kind of had the people that she talked to or uh, people watched as she stayed in the, the hospital. But how um, long was she in there? It's like eight, nine months. Oh, that's a kind of a long time. Yes, it's more than half the year. So it was it must have been definitely not only injury was serious, but how she must have been feeling and acting must have been. I wonder if she serious. had to relearn anything. I mean, with a brain injury like that. I, I, I will say that she did mention that she went from being like like a A plus, like a great student to not really knowing how to even do like math as usual. Like usual, simple math uh, was hard for her after her injury. That's so interesting. It definitely shines a new light on her. Yeah, when I learned about this, it's like you don't expect people to wear their scars on on top of their foreheads and know exactly what they've been through. But she just does not give off that or of her having such a traumatic accident like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, this wasn't like her last breakdown. She has a couple of uh, nervous breakdowns. She is later diagnosed with multiple personality disorder, which now we know is more referred to as DID disassociative identity disorder. Yes. And uh, she was put on medication for that as well. 
But around 17, so she's out of the hospital, uh, around 17 years old, she decides to leave home. She basically says that she's going out to visit some friends and she don't come back. And then later that- Like she runs away from home? Yeah, I guess you could. Technically, she is a runaway because she was still under the age. Yeah, she's a minor still at that age. Yeah, but the thing is, as I get deeper into the story and tell you like what happened to her, she, she, her parents didn't come and snatch her back. So, I, you know, some of the stories you covered, like I did not know anything about, but I feel like I knew stuff about Roseanne, and this is just nothing that's ever been I never heard of. Maybe it's just so deep in the background you don't know, but when we get to the more like 80, 90 stuff, you you like oh, okay. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. So this is around um, like 1970. So 1971, she gets pregnant. She's living in this apartment by herself and she's trying to do for herself, but she doesn't have any support. She's away from home. She makes the decision that she is going to give this child up for adoption. Um, Ends up being a baby girl. Uh, She names her Brandy. She officially gives her to a Jewish family when she was nine days old. But um, I guess as time passed, because they say she left her info, but I feel like as a 17 or 18 year old, she couldn't just leave her info. So I feel like it was later, but she left her info with the agency so that when her child got older, her biological child got older, she would be able to contact Roseanne. So I I always thought that was interesting that whether she did it when she was a teenager or later when she became more famous is that she did want a relationship with her biological child. She just couldn't help them at that stage in her life. Yeah. And honestly, it probably was the best, the best thing to do for the child. Just a little bit more about Brandy, because she doesn't really come up in Roseanne's full story much anymore. So I did want to put a little mini spotlight on her. But so Brandy is the adopted child of Roseanne. Roseanne left her information. Apparently she, it was not to be uh, used until Brandy was 21. When uh, Brandy is almost 18 or is 18, uh, a tabloid breaks the story, releases all the girl's details, releases that they know her name, uh, where she, what state or town she's in, and who her uh, parent, her adopted parents are. And then they talk to Brandy herself and confront her and let her know, of your, uh, well, you know you're adopted, but your biological mom is somebody famous. Ooh. They didn't say who it was, but they said, yeah, your biological mom is famous. Yeah. So um, after that disaster, Roseanne feels like, well, the tabloids broke the story loose. They've found out who my adopted child is, even though it's like two to three years early. I want to find her now so I can have a relationship with her. So she hires an investigator, private investigator to give her the details so she can uh, go down and start developing a relationship and a bond to Brandy. That happens very quickly in like a month or two. They come together. Roseanne just described as they just hugged and cried and held each other for a long time. In that time, uh, this is when Roseanne's in her second marriage, her more tumultuous marriage to Tom Arnold. So even though she had just reunited with her adopted daughter, because uh, Tom Arnold was in the hospital, um, she was going through such a hard time. She had to cut that short. She had a little cry breakdown in the car. And then went back to her husband. Why was Tom Arnold in the hospital? I have no idea. I forgot. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, but so I really didn't talk that much about Tom Arnold. Maybe that's because I don't like Tom Arnold. <laughs> so know. he was just in the hospital. Okay. He's just a footnote in her story. I was just, yeah, he, he, he was drinking, they was drugging, and they was beating on each other. Okay. That's the four-year marriage between Tom Arnold and Roseanne. But anyway, let's go back to the past. 1974 is when Roseanne marries her first husband out of three. So her first one is Bill Pentland. He is an executive consultant. Uh, She met him when she was 22 years old and she gave birth to three of their children during that marriage. I was like 16 years. Uh, Their children are Jake, Jennifer and Jessica. And he's not Brandy's biological father, is he? No, they don't really even mention who Brandy's biological father could be. Okay. Um, And then her second marriage, as I just discussed, was with Tom Arnold. Uh, What's kind of funny about that one is that so she was in the 16 year old marriage with with Bill Pentland. Mm-hmm. And then she gets divorced from Bill 16 years in 1990. And like three or four days later, she marries Tom. And that relationship or marriage lasts four years. They don't have any children. Uh, apparently, they try to just, it just, you know, they just couldn't conceive. Yeah. Roseanne's third and last husband, because she hasn't been married since, was Ben Thomas. Um, this was a guy who was like a security guard for her, like at like one or two events for some reason. I don't know. He he must have really guarded her body because uh, <laughs> then he get, uh, they marry each other. They're married from 1995 to 2002. They have one child, Buck Thomas, who he will be mentioned later as well. So I just Alrighty, I'll keep Buck in my mind. <laughs> so. Uh, 1974 is when she's in her marriage to Bill Pentland. She has those three children. She's in her mid-20s. She's just in her housewife mode, but she's also a working mother. So she's in her mid-20s and she's a waitress at like one of those faceless, nameless chain restaurants. And um, she decides to sign up for an open mic night at one of her uh, local clubs in Denver, because that's where she's living currently in, with her family's Denver. She goes to the open mic night. Um, apparently she kills. She says that when she heard the laughter, she knew that this was the business that she wanted to get into. You know, I have so much respect for comedians like that to me seems like such a hard thing to do just to stand up there and try to be funny. Oh my gosh. I could not. I don't even like making speeches in public. My voice shakes low key. Exactly. Like I hear, oh, you're funny, you know, all the time, but I'm bouncing off people. And most of the time I'm just being like sarcastic and people think I'm joking, but you're just up there telling jokes and it, I don't think people understand how hard that is. Yeah. And you know, what would really fuck me up if I ever decide to ever do any type of stand up is uh the segues the the flow yeah like how you, you go from one joke to another exactly you can't just go from one story about a toilet to some flower like you gotta have some finesse and i have none um this is a little of a tangent but i was listening to a podcast do you need a ride and uh-huh. it's about i did it's, <laughs> it's two comedians taryn terodera who's also from my favorite murder and chris fairbanks and they just interviewed different comedians and mm-hmm. they were talking about how in you know the pandemic 
they were doing all these different types of things because you know you can't do stand-up because no clubs are open exactly and so some of them are doing like zoom meetings and some are doing like um, like you know in the cars oh i didn't know about the cars hey. yeah so it was like kind of like in a drive-in and the people would stay in their cars okay but, never mind i have heard about that yeah so but at that point you don't get any feedback like you don't hear no laughter no you know clapping or anything because on zoom you don't hear it mm. so like that's even more terrifying to me like not giving getting any feedback at all yeah you really don't know if your joke is hitting or if it's flatlining yeah that would I, mess me up i i just guess this is our time to say like yay comedians <laughs> <laughs> Okay, continue. <laughs> okay. Um, since Roseanne was a working mother of three and a wife, she used that to her advantage and she curated her comedy routine around her life. Um, and it was, it's more famously referred to as like the do- domestic goddess routine, where uh, basically the gist of it is like she gets up on stage and she talks about how much, uh, like she talks about how she's a housewife. And that she does this and she stays with the kids and she has to make sure the house is clean and all that. And she hates the word housewife and she hates the word homemaker. She'd rather be called domestic goddess. <laughs> well, that's good, too, because she's telling jokes on what she knows. Exactly. And if you think about it, like when you know what her trajectory ends up being, this set the, 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 the tone for everything. This set her career up for what it was. It her being able did. to take her experience, mold it to something that worked for her and make money off of it, like hella money, millions. That's well, not yet. Only, only hundreds right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Roseanne starts to build up her resume. She's doing gigs in Denver. She's getting some some gigs in Co- Colorado, her little neighbor state. The crowds are getting bigger and people are starting to take notice of her and her comedy style and her voice, because no offense, with a voice like that, ain't nobody got no choice but to hear you. Yeah, her voice, you can definitely hear through walls. <laughs> so she does this uh, special with Rod- Rodney Dangerfield, which is a famous comedian. Um, and then she's asked to appear on The Tonight Show. Uh, this is the Johnny Carson era. If people don't really know about The Tonight Show back in this time is Johnny Carson would have big comedians or the real funny startup comedians that they liked or whatever on the show and they would give a set. And sometimes they would blow up and sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes they'd have reoccurring appearances and sometimes they wouldn't Uh, a couple of people besides Roseanne that I heard of constantly being on the tonight show were not constantly but at least getting a good break on it was like Ellen DeGeneres Joan Rivers I'm gonna stick with those two we're gonna do women (laughs) okay I think I actually saw some of Joan Rivers comedy on there yeah Joan Rivers like on YouTube or something I Joan Rivers rest her soul I felt like she was more funny later in life than she was earlier. But that's just the mean spirit in me because she was really hacking into motherfuckers and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I think, though, when you take into consideration like the time, she was definitely pushing the envelope back then, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. Is that I, I can't relate to those. Yeah. I can't relate to those jokes at that time because I'm in a different 
generation, but yeah. Yeah. She's on the Tonight Show with Johnny uh, Carson to perform her routine. And like I said, it was an honor for comedians to be on the show and do a set on the Tonight Show because it garnered a lot of viewers and popularity. So if you did well and you kill your set, you have a good chance of not only getting rebooked on that show, but maybe somewhere else, which I feel like maybe Rose, that's what Roseanne was probably trying to do. She's trying to, you know, crack open her brand. She's trying to start it. Yeah. So. And I think I heard, I don't know where I heard it, but he would like the ones that really killed it back in the day, he would like have them come sit down for a little bit and talk to them. Yep. Do a little small, like couple minute interview. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that. So um, Roseanne is making a name for herself. Uh, She's receiving specials. She even turned down roles, which she probably didn't know it at this time, which was a big role, but she ended up doing something else, which is totally fine. But I found out the creators of Married with Children were initially wanting Roseanne to play Peggy Bundy. So funny that Katie Siegel is now replacing Roseanne on the Tronners. Ain't that something? Mm-hmm. First of all, I love I love Katie Siegel. I loved her and Sons of Anarchy and what was it? Eight Simple Rules. Loved her and Married with Children. Eight Simple Rules. I never watched Sons of Anarchy, but I saw how she looked in it, so I agree. I liked her in that as well. Okay, we were talking about it off mic, but you definitely need to watch Sons of Anarchy. I, it's on my list. I just haven't had time. You know, I got I got to work through all. I'm still on feet. But anyway, sorry, we're off track. <laughs> Love Katie Scott. But uh, yeah, she uh, the creators were looking for um, Roseanne to play Peggy Bundy and opposite her, um, a comedian called Sam Kennison to play Al. But apparently both of them refused. They It just wasn't the role for them. So it never it- happened. No offense to Roseanne or whoever the other guy is, but it it wasn't the role for them. I think the role was perfectly cast the way it was. Oh, 100%. Even, like, I don't care who the man is. I'm just trying to picture a marriage with children and Roseanne, and it don't, it's not the same. I feel like even though the comedy was on the same wavelength, it was very different still. Yes. But yeah, I agree. Um, so as you know, Married in, Married with Children premiered in 1987. And then that same year, there are some of our super producers. You got Marcy Carsey and Tom Warner with producers like Marcy Carsey and Tom Warner joining together that worked on other successful shows such as The Cosby Show. Getting introduced to Roseanne and her material, they all come together with their ideas and Roseanne is born. Roseanne, the show premieres in fall 1988, specifically October. Over 20 million people watched this first episode. It's like a smash hit when it comes out. The person who decided to put Roseanne's laugh in the theme song, fucking genius. Yeah. At the I, end. I agree because sometimes I hate it and then you catch me in the right mood and I'm <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, I, every. <laughs> Every time theme song ends and she does a little laugh, I have to do it too. Because also, like, yeah, give me that fucking pizza. Don't be trying to take my pizza either. <laughs> yes. So I agree. It, it Honestly, the whole theme song, I'm kind of with it because now it's playing back in my head. I'm about to... Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I was about to dance over You're here. You're about to get your harmonica out. <laughs> 
the turn a little Stevie Wonder for you. <laughs> so uh, Roseanne, it's it, the concept is modeled after Roseanne's life and her comedy routine. Uh, like I said before, it's it, it's it's a big hit. It's very successful, but it's also known as like one of the most groundbreaking shows of its time. Um, Roseanne covered subjects like poverty, domestic abuse, homosexuality, divorce, and substance abuse, and, and a whole bunch of other things. Whereas other TV shows in the late 80s to even mid it, they weren't kind of doing all that. And if they were, they were kind of putting some musical bow at the end to make sure everybody knew everything was okay, even though these serious topics uh, leave scars and are, are not fixed after episodes, especially stuff like substance abuse and domestic abuse. Yeah. And I mean, Roseanne definitely, the show handled it with humor. Mm-hmm. But it was also serious. Yeah. Roseanne was nominated for like an Emmy three times before she won one in 1993, which was surprising to me. Not saying that she didn't deserve it or she couldn't have won it. But I didn't know that with some with the Emmys always being so picky about who they choose and stuff like that. I never would have realized the show like hers talking about the stuff they did. They would have nominated her and allowed her to win that one year. So I did like it that she actually won an Emmy for her work. Uh, and she won a Golden Globe, among other things. But those it comes are like to a point, big, though, big that you just have to because I'm sure that show was so huge. That they just have to, like, you know, consider it at least. That That is true. And maybe the pond of, like, good comedy actresses was, like, she was at the top. So they just had, she, she was nominated every year until she won. As the years pass, her personal life and her business life start to meld together based off how she's handling things. So Roseanne had about, like, three of her children... Uh, including Brandy at different points of the uh, nine seasons Roseanne was on. She had three of her children working on the set. Also, during her marriage to Bill Pentland, when she met Tom Arnold, which was in 83 because he was opening up for her, two years before she gets divorced, she puts him on, uh, she puts him as a writer on her show. And he acted. He was Arnie. Yeah, he was Arnie. I was just talking about the writer part. But yeah, they puts on an actor and shortly after he he's he's on the show. He's uh, Arnie, who was Nancy's on and off kind of boyfriend. He was also like the, you know, kind of like the bum. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good like a bum, you know, it was like a bum walking in stuff, you know. The bum character. <laughs> uh, so then as she's had, uh, so Roseanne's getting all the success in her life. She has her successful TV show. Uh, she's in and out of, I guess, failing but successful marriages because she you know, she dropped one and she got another one. And she also stars in two, I call them classic movies. <laughs> I say classic because I can't call them both blockbusters, <laughs> but I like them both. And that is She-Devil. And uh, that's what Meryl Streep and look who's talking to. And that's what John Travolta. Oh my and goodness. I, I have not seen look who's talking to in years. And she's to? the voice, isn't she? Yeah. She's a little baby. Yeah. I, that used to be 
mine and my brother's um one of our favorite movies there's look who's talking look who's talking to and isn't there a third one i think so with the dogs yeah but the thing is the dog one is my favorite i was just about to say i didn't even really know if there was three because i i only knew about two and my favorite one is the first one i the second one is good. I like it. I think it's a classic, but it's not my favorite. Look who's talking now. <laughs> I know you were saying the thing, but I, I thought you was accusing me at first. Uh, <laughs> no, the dog one is my favorite, though. Look um, who's talking. Look who's talking to. Look who's talking now, bitch. But, That's what they should have said at the end. Yeah, Kirstie Alley's trash. But those movies are still <sighs> good. She used to be so good. Okay, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about her some and time. she devil i watched before i don't really remember it. i just remember the ending where she's walking and the don't, Elvis don't, song don't. Is playing. Oh. don't 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 do it because uh that i'm going to be talking about that okay i'll let you tell your no. story you know like at the like what we do at the end like uh oh yeah okay so don't be taking my shit bro okay now i know my media Okay, so uh, like I said, she's in these uh, two movies. She's getting her coins. Blockbusters. Blockbusters, if I have (laughs) something to say about it. (laughs) And also, uh, 1992, she gets her uh, start on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So I I was basically saying like the 90s, even even though we know I'm going to talk about one of her things, uh, but the 90s overall was like Roseanne's decade, I think. You know, she was on this successful TV show. She's getting these movie roles. She's still doing her comedy on the side. And she's famous enough that only in like a, what, like a seven, eight year span of doing work and only being real popping and famous for like two and a half years, she already gets a a star. So I don't think a lot of people get stars in there when they've only when they've only had a hit network show for like two years or four years. You know, I was re-listening to our episodes and I always wish we could end right here where everything's good. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm about to turn the page on this motherfucker. I really start to like these celebrities again. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why they're shitty. Mm -hmm. So, uh. Yeah, 90s was Roseanne's decade. Um, The show ran for nine seasons. Um, Even though people are not that fond of the last season or two, um, Roseanne as a whole is still looked at as like one of the most like authentic, uh, original, influential type of shows of its time. And I think that says a lot. And I'm a fan of the ninth season. I, parts i like some episodes i don't i could believe some others but yeah i you know i wasn't as burned as everybody else but i didn't grow up with it like watching it live i got to watch it as that a is true maybe that's why it's different yeah we weren't there for the real real hype train we ain't real <laughs> we ain't real <laughs> uh so now that we've gotten through all the great uh slash the depressing things let's move on to the the hot seat shit the grit (laughs) so uh roseanne from the start of career like i said she's valued freedom of speech you know uh saying whatever she feels what's on her mind uh whether she was on a stage or not and so one of the big one of her first big controversies that roseanne kind of experienced in her career was of course singing the national anthem 
now. Um, the outside perspective of Roseanne singing this national anthem is that she was very loud. She was shrill, off key and plugging her ears. That could have been for her voice or the booze. We will never know, honestly. Uh, and she was kind of being disrespectful to America in the way that she performed it. And in the fact that afterwards she was done, she spat it on the ground and she grabbed her crotch. But mm-hmm. like I'm saying, that's kind of how the outside perspective was. When I watched the interview from Roseanne on Sirius XM Raw Dog Comedy, <laughs> that's <name. laughs> Um, Roseanne kind of describes her perspective as different. She kind of says that she was one of the most, okay, she said she's at this Padres game, this baseball game, and it's women's night working women's night and as we know this is the 90s roseanne's on top of the world she's one of the most famous working mothers known right now somebody connected to both being the owner of the baseball team and being involved with roseanne talks to roseanne about singing the national anthem Uh, she even says that (laughs) the, the funny thing is this all blew up on a game that wasn't even televised so that's how bad she was that this non-televised game event happened and ended up blowing up into a scandal. Interesting. But um, she says that she describes herself as a good singer, that she can sing. And she says the day before she went out to sing the national anthem, she was on Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson, oh, no, she tells Johnny Carson uh, what she's going to be doing the next day, singing the national anthem. And he brings up this other singer who apparently started the national anthem too high and therefore messed himself all the way up. And then everybody criticized him and didn't like his rendition and hated him and all this. So he gave her the advice of don't start high. So then she describes as she gets ready to sing. And once she's on like the first couple notes, she senses that she started high and she's fucked herself all the way up. He got into her head. <laughs> I think so, maybe. But I also, I have doubts about this theory, but this is Roseanne's word, so I'm going to say what she said. So she's saying that after these first notes of her hearing herself and knowing that it's going bad, she decides to just make it funny. She's a comedian. She's going to make lemonade up with these lemons and make it funny, and it'll be what it is, you know? That type of thing. But she wasn't trying to, I guess, be disrespectful, but that was kind of how it was taken. Now, one thing I do kind of feel weird about, well, not weird. One thing I kind of, I didn't understand, maybe it was the time period. I watched the not, the national anthem video. Um, she did, she sounded horrible. She sounded horrible. And also I didn't get the feeling that she could sing even after, like she said, after the first few notes, she knew she messed up. I felt like there was no, ne- I don't, I don't think she could sing, but that's me. I, I've never heard her sing. I and, never heard her sing either, but I feel like that was not singing. That was more like shouting. Yeah. So I'm just like, how was she supposed to come at the mic? How was she supposed to start is my thing. But also I'm like kind of looking sideways at the media and the public because she got a lot of hate and she got threats for this. And because I guess she spat and she grabbed her crotch. All I can think of is because it was 
oh, surrounding her just doing the national anthem. But in theory, or not in theory, the big picture, if you have watched baseball, which no offense, if you like baseball, I fucking hate that shit. It's boring. It's, uh, it's a waste of time. But I have watched it for a, a few times, a few minutes. They are always spitting and grabbing their crotch. Yes. So I was like, they really went off on old girl because she grabbed her crotch and and spat on the ground afterwards. And and because she didn't sing right. I I just felt like out of all her scandals, all her controversial statements that I'll cover or that I won't cover. I felt like this was very mild and that, you know, the patriotic people just sometimes you don't have to be that patriotic. I also wonder if she was plugging her ears because, you know, most of the time when singers, and I'm sure she's not like a professional singer, but they mm-hmm. have like that little earpiece so they have feedback. Oh, like so, the Mariah, they do the Mariah thing too? Exactly. So maybe that's what she was trying to do. Like, so, you know, you're in a stadium, it's going to be loud as hell. That is true. That is true. Yeah. I, the thing is, I didn't think she sounded good, but in this uh, situation i was looking more side more at the media and the public for just blowing it up because i felt like maybe it, it was maybe like a one-day news story i, I wouldn't have, threats over the national anthem that be like it don't even the, slap like that that was back in the day though when you could not say shit that was unpatriotic Man, fuck them, Pete. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, I was gonna say something. You told me maybe for dot. Yeah, um, sorry. Um, I don't remember, but <laughs> yeah. So, um, like I said, that was 1990. So after, then we get to the next thing. So Ooh. she had her sister Geraldine working for her as her manager throughout her career when she was like working in the comedy clubs to, you know, the first part of Roseanne. Roseanne, for one reason or another, uh, fires her sister. Geraldine does not like that and therefore uh, decides to sue her sister for about $70 million uh, for like a breach of contract. Uh, Basically, Geraldine, what she was saying in her lawsuit was, my sister fired me after after I helped her come up with this domestic goddess character that uh, propelled her career into the fucking stratosphere. And my sister promised that she was going to share half of the earnings that she got from Roseanne with me. And she fired me. And so she's not going to do that. And I'm suing her for all this goddamn money. So that's what the basis of that suit was. Um, it didn't go anywhere because another statute of limitations uh, roadblock, unfortunately, for a case that she was looking for in her state was like three months and they just couldn't do anything. So in three the, months, three months, you can't do dismissed. shit in three months. How's that a statute of limitations, especially for a goddamn contract, you know, Oof. at first I was, you know, Fifty Geraldine was just trying to get some of that pay. But if she actually helped Roseanne come up with the routine, then she deserves it. And that's the thing I was thinking about. It's like because of this whole statute of limitations thing and this whole case being dismissed and them 
later, 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 later down the road, ended up reconciling. You never know if this was true or not, because neither, because even though Geraldine and Roseanne, I guess, end up being, end up getting back on the, the right page, I guess I want to say, they never really recant what they said. So it's like, well, did Geraldine help Roseanne uh, get to where she was? Because Geraldine described herself as the person who helped her come up with the domestic goddess routine and character. Um, she also acted as a writer for Roseanne, accountant, a bookkeeper. She even says confidant. So she's like, she did all this stuff for her sister, but also as a client. And then she gets nothing really at, for, for a profit. She gets fired eventually. Yeah. And then nothing really gets solved until years later. It's kind of shitty. It's kind of like, I always got to bring it up, Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, muse versus artist. Like, which one is more important? Roseanne at that point is the artist. She's a comedian. She's the one who's coming out with everything. Mm-hmm. But if her sister's the one inspiring everything, shouldn't she get a cut? I know, but people be dirty like that. They be like, if it ain't in my contract, if I didn't say it, this way to you you should never get in business with family though i think that's what we all say right and then we have this family member that makes us say but and then that's when we get screwed but it just happens you know some people some people work well with family some people don't and some people take a chance on family and it just don't work out yeah obviously theirs just didn't work out in this time but um, like I said, the case was eventually dismissed this same year. And like I said, this is when she's in the middle of her Tom Arnold marriage. Uh, Roseanne like talks to people like this is a this is a People magazine cover story that she is a incest survivor um, and that for continuous years through her childhood to puberty, her parents um, at different times mentally and psychologically abused her. And then later her father sexually abused her. Um, she says that this was like a secret uh, that she wasn't even really aware of until apparently Tom Arnold is like in rehab at this time. Um, while he's at rehab, he calls Roseanne and he's like, I guess, coming clean to her or talking to her about stuff that is coming out through his uh, therapy sessions or stuff like that. So Tom tells her about a time that he was molested by a babysitter when he was a child. And she says after she gets off the phone with Tom, she's like kind of in a catonic state. She's like she, she just can't stop shaking. Um, she's getting she keeps getting these images of stuff in her brain and stuff and then going to sleep later, uh, days later, she's getting dreams and stuff. And she's not even able to properly take care of herself because she's getting all these floods of memories of being molested by her her parents. I'm sorry. Did you say at what age she's thinking that this molestation took place? So what she's saying is that her mother, from when she was an infant to around six to seven years old, was mentally and psychologically abusing her, like uh, doing stuff where she was acting like she was either going to kill Roseanne when she was a child or Roseanne coming in from like school or coming into the kitchen 
and her mom's laid out on the floor with a pool of blood that turns out to be ketchup, uh, just doing weird shit like that to her, fucking up her brain. Wow, so to you too. I heard that cat. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah. And then she's saying that from when she was a child all the way up to when she left her house at 17, her father was sexually abusing her. Damn. But I haven't even got to the record scratch type shit. Okay, before we continue, and I'm just going to say this little side note tangent story because I know my mom's listening. Hi, hey, um, mom. Hi, mom. Um, <laughs> my mom, which it's not anyway in the form that Roseanne's mom used to do it, but my mom used to lie on the floor with the laundry basket like tipped over and act like she was passed out when I would come home from school. Bro. Just to see how me and my brother would react or she would <laughs> be on the desk like act Bro. like she's passed out. <laughs> And then my brother would freak out. I'm like, she's fine. Like, like she's just acting. You see her back moving up and down. <laughs> I remember when the laundry basket was on the floor. And I was like, if you would have fallen, like the laundry basket would not be in this direction. The clothes would have fell this direction. Like, you know, you, you put the evidence out wrong. This, this is like, uh-uh, I can tell by this trajectory that this is not yes. right. <laughs> that is funny. Mom so, didn't do anything like that. Um, what me and my mom did was something far more stupid and maybe dangerous. Uh, you know, when you're parallel parking, whether you're trying to get in or out of it, it's, it's kind of dicey. Yes. So, you know, when my mama would get close to a car and she's looking, you do that loud ass boom, you know, type shit. Uh huh. I, I, I really remember one time we were outside of our house, parallel parking, and she's about to... Uh, park us in there and she's looking back and forth she's really trying to get us in there and I thought it was an acceptable time to joke I thought we were in a joking mood and so I did a big boom and (laughs) I never seen her hand fling out to my chest faster I lost all the breath in my body that day did she don't you ever do that shit again and I said noted (laughs) <laughs> I thought you meant she did it like to protect you because anytime I'm, I'm with my mom and like it's like a abrupt oh, stop, yeah. she I puts out that. her hand. Yes, your mom almost cupped me. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "You think your hand is going to stop my ass from flying out this window? Like, what are you doing?" But that is sweet. I mean, she cares. She's like, yes. "You don't care to put the seatbelt on? I'm at least try." Yeah, mama, that was that wasn't a seatbelt hand. That was a you got me fucked up hand, and I received it. <laughs> sorry, I didn't. I don't want to like dismiss Roseanne's. Oh shit! Yeah, trauma. I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we're just going on a tangent about our our bullshit. But this, yes. Yeah. Sorry, this is more serious when it comes to Roseanne. Um, shit, I don't even know how to get back into this. I feel bad. Record scratch. Yes, we're yeah. that was just a little palate cleanser. Yeah. Now let's get back into this dirty water. Yeah, Roseanne's just having this hard time. She's having this breakdown, essentially, of what she's she's basically saying that all her repressed memories are apparently coming to the forefront, being unlocked by her husband's story. That's how she's describing it. Um, but the problem is it becomes a very muddy issue because she says this in 1991. Okay. Then, uh, like a decade later, 2000, no, 
It's more than a decade later. It's two decades later. Damn, I can't count. That's embarrassing. In 2011, Roseanne and her sister Geraldine go on the Oprah Winfrey show. Um, On the Oprah Winfrey show, Roseanne says that maybe incest was not the right word to use. Um, she She goes on to say that she did not make it up that she would not put this on her parents without justification, but that since she was still in the middle of therapy, quote, I was in a very unhappy relationship. I was prescribed numerous psychiatric drugs to do with the fact that I had some mental illness. I totally lost touch with reality and I didn't know what the truth was. I just wanted to drop a bomb on my family. So because- Oh my God. Yeah, so it's like, it's kind of in between. It's like, she's saying that incest was not the correct word to use. And uh, she shouldn't have used that word, especially uh, if she considers what she was going through during that time in her marriage and personally with her illnesses and the drugs she was prescribed. But she's still saying that something happened. She's still basically claiming that she was abused in some sort of way or fashion by her parents, but maybe the wordplay was not correct. She even says that she does, she, um, she doesn't want to say incest, but she doesn't know another word for it. Okay. And the closest one is incest. So it's like, it's a head scratcher. What is a close word to incest? Like, I, 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 I have no idea because the thing is, she's saying she didn't make this up. She was abused in some sort of way, but incest was not the word that she should have used. And so then it turns into you don't want you don't want a victim blame and you don't want to force anybody to tell their story. But um, I held out the details of what she said her parents did because I later read that she kind of took it back. Uh huh. When she basically accuses her, especially with the sexual abuse, she accuses her father of like busting in on her when she's taking baths, sneaking in, not sneaking in, but like peeping on her through the keyhole, making her sit on his lap, uh, you know, putting his hands in places and stuff like that. So it's like, well, then what what happened? I you don't know. And and Geraldine, uh. She's on the show with Roseanne. They've reconciled. They've mended their relationship. But Geraldine still, she says that she does not see her parents doing that. She's even quoted as saying, like, her and Roseanne can have different feelings uh, about things and don't have to agree on everything. That's just something that she does not necessarily vouch for where Roseanne still says that, you know, my story is still my story. It may not be written exactly as I said before, but that did happen to me. Geraldine and the parents have both denied when the story came out in 1991 to when the Oprah Winfrey show happened in 2011. So I don't, I don't know. Well, I guess I kind of see it now more where she's, if he's just being pervert i don't want to excuse him but if he's just being perverted and walking in on her while she's taking a shower yes that's not right but i get where she's saying you know incest is kind of not the right word because what because incest implies sex penetration type yes i feel like when people say incest it means like intercourse 
And mm. so maybe there isn't a correct word for that. I guess, yeah, I, I guess actually when you mention it that way. Yeah. yeah, like in no way, shape or form is that okay. But it's, I can see where she's saying it's not incest. Oh, I'm sorry. And I, I also forgot one big thing. Actually, it doesn't matter, but I feel like I have to say it. Even though they're inadmissible, um, and because we don't even know if they're really real lie detector tests. But when these claims first did come out in the 90s, her parents did uh, take a lie detector test and passed. So, Ooh. like I said, maybe in, maybe something, maybe these things. Mm, mm. Roseanne could have been abused. But like she said, the time in which all this was being rediscovered and uncovered for her, she may not remember all the details exactly, but something could have definitely happened to her because you don't I don't ever want to shortchange a victim. But it, it is weird how she came out confidently and said that and then waited more than 10 years to kind of walk it back, but kind of stay on her point. Whereas the other party hasn't wavered, which yeah. doesn't say anything for other people, but we're just looking at this particular case. I don't know much. Like I know a little about repressed memories, but I know I they can be influenced somewhat. Like if she was going through this with a therapist and she was hearing Tom Arnold's version of events, it could influence her memories. That's Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not going to lie, because I feel like that that has definitely happened where you something has happened in your past, whether you don't remember it at all or very vaguely. And then somebody else coming clean to you about their experience or hearing something uh, like a, a word or a phrase sometimes wakes something up in you. Not all the time, but I think it's definitely possible. Memories are very tricky that way. That happened. That's uh, the... I don't want to call it the incest scandal, but it's it's the abuse scandal because that still has not really been talked about after it was shut down or reopened on Oprah. Yeah, then, walked back a little. Yeah, walked back a little. Uh, and I know I jumped because that was finished in 2011, but now we're in 2009, briefly, uh, for another thing Roseanne did. So uh, if you did not hear or if I was too quiet and you didn't catch it earlier in the episode, I mentioned that Roseanne was born to a Jewish uh, family. She considers herself Jewish as well. In 2009 comes another Roseanne controversy. Uh, Roseanne decides to post in this satirical Jewish magazine called Heeb. Um, on the cover and in the photo spreads, she is dressed as Hitler. She is eating singed human-shaped cookies, cookies that Roseanne later refers to as Jew cookies. I they The magazine creators kind of infer that Roseanne wanted to do this shoot, but that they thought it was a great idea as well because she was known as like the domestic goddess and what's been more domesticated than the Holocaust. And I guess what they're kind of talking about is during this time, a lot more people were, I guess, making more jokes or making light of the Holocaust. So they felt that they could get in on it. But it, I, I didn't see that at all. Um, I totally forgot about that until yeah, you, you just pictures? mentioned it. Yeah. And I don't get it. 
Yeah, she was wearing a swastika armband. You know, she had the mustache and shit. Yeah, she and, looked like Hitler. Yep. Like and, um, Hitler housewife. Basically. And I think the magazine creators or whoever was writing it was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be this is going to give us some outrage. But it's it's definitely edgy humor and people are going to just it's going to fly off the shelves. But I think it was just way too offensive to be found funny, especially at that time. Um, Roseanne, you know, she kind of apologizes for it. But what she what she I guess she makes the excuse because she just says that she was not making fun of the victim. She was essentially making fun of Hitler. That's why she did the whole thing and did the whole spread. Which, I mean, a part of me believes because I don't want to say just because she's Jewish, but you usually always find a pattern of a pattern of hate or bad decisions when it comes to a group of people that you don't like. So I feel like if she really did not like uh, Jewish people or or she really enjoyed making fun of the Holocaust or stuff like that, she definitely had chances to poke fun or make content about it before 2009 so i maybe it was just a bad thought out business decision honestly i think you're drawing too light on her i'm surprised that wasn't the end of her right there you know what it's great maybe it's because i feel like she understands the history and it was just a bad move whereas other people who i feel like you're saying because she's jewish yeah, it's because it's more feel- okay for her to make that joke, which I kind yes of no. get where you're coming from. Like, not because I don't know how to say it. I the way that Roseanne had at this point carried herself revolving her religion and being Jewish and how it wasn't really a focal point, whether she talked about it or joked about it. I didn't think in 2009 she just decided to be anti-Semitic. I just think she decided to be ignorant is what I'm saying. I I think it's ignorant. I think it's ignorant on her part. I think it's ignorant on the Madison's part. I Mm -hmm. don't understand why Madison would be like, oh, this is a good idea. This is funny. Like it's burnt gingerbread cookies and she's dressed up like Hitler. Where, where is the humor in that? Yeah. Maybe I am going to like. Take a step back and look at what the Holocaust was like. You are pretty much saying, oh, look at these burnt people who went into this oven. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, that's yeah, that's real fucked up. This gas, yeah, it's all fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. It was just a very, very bad decision. I think maybe I'm actually surprised I forgot about that. It was one of the few things I I could remember happening just because I just remember seeing the picture on Twitter a lot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it it wasn't a good look. I think it was definitely ignorant on her part and she shouldn't have done it. I just feel like maybe the magazine people hold more responsibility because they 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 okayed it. They (laughs) It both hold responsibility. I'm not giving you the one pass. I feel like but the magazine, especially because it wouldn't have came to light if they didn't actually say oh my god this is a great idea roseanne let's totally do this they and it wouldn't have, have came to light if roseanne did not dress up as hitler no no what i'm saying for is, the pictures yes i'm saying that they could have totally put the blame on roseanne being dumb but they co- was it co- co- collaborated and said yes this is a good day- idea as well and it ended up they 
they don't say the Roseanne uh, scandal sunk this magazine, but like a year later, you know, it's not in print anymore. Like they do, they do little blog updates every once in a while online. Like it's not even a print magazine. And I think maybe this did sink it. So yeah, bad move, insensitive, bad, terrible. Bad move all around. All around. So then around 2012, this is kind of, this is against the law. It was not good, but I could see where she was coming from. <laughs> so you're such a Roseanne apologist. Uh, just on just on these just on this part, not even okay. really on the cookies. You don't 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 ever say that I was apologizing for them goddamn cookies. Don't you ever? But this one, Let's I hear can it. see. She she was she had the right the right idea. She was off off track in 2012 after the Trayvon Martin shooting. Roseanne got on Twitter and tweeted out the address of George Zimmerman's parents' house, and then later they ended up suing her, but. Of course, she ended up winning. Well, not winning, but she won by not having that go to court and it getting dismissed. But where I say I can understand, which is uh, being angry up, uh, being angry about the whole situation and just wanting, you know, somebody to pay for it. But that is dangerous, and I don't advocate for it. I just said yeah, I doxing. And, yeah, doxing. And here's the thing: she did the she doxed the wrong people. Why? Why the parents? You know, we know who needed to be doxxed if somebody if, had to be doxxed. Okay. George Zimmerman. If George Zimmerman was staying with his parents, mm-hmm. I'm going to give Rosanna pass. But still, she put the parents in harm's way. She didn't need to do that. Well, I'm... Look, you are such a Roseanne apologist. <laughs> okay. I, Ugh, makes me I, fucking sick. Because if you think about it, like George Zimmerman is like a fucking monster. Oh, he's and... terrible. He's the fucking, he sold the, gu- oh my, don't even get me yeah, started. <laughs> like, I'm sure if you listen to this episode, you he's know. He's not even George trash. He's, he's less a, than trash. He's like a fucking dead, bloated rat snitch bitch. I don't know. He yeah, right, we can go on him. forever. He's 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 what's something disgusting? He's a dead rat and puke juice. Magics. Oh, there you go. All right, I'm sorry. Had to that out. Uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> what <laughs> so she did. Um, also, uh, in 2012, that is also kind of when Roseanne, and this is not really a scandal. This is kind of just where she was at in her life. Uh, 2012, she is running for president. As you know, this is like uh, Obama's last term when he he runs and wins. But uh, Roseanne ran for president on the California's Peace and Freedom Party ticket. One reason she ran was to get all the issues that she felt were important to her out to the world and have a platform to talk about them. But she said she also wanted to show people that you don't need like millions uh like billions of dollars to run a campaign um she also ended up a like, millionaire i know like but, what she's not but, the average but, joe that she portrays on tv but what you're not supposed to do is when you run you're not supposed to use your own money you're supposed to be campaigned you're supposed to be funded you're supposed to be fundraised for that is true, but you know people are going to pour money into Roseanne just because she's Roseanne, just like I'm sure people poured money into Kanye West. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. 
Do you think 2012 Roseanne really had had the juice though? In 2011, I know she had a show called Roseanne's Nuts, <laughs> <laughs> where where she was like a farmer. Yeah, so oh, that that reality TV show yeah. really led to some diehard donations, some diehard donos. There's always those celebrities who run, and besides Donald Trump, they always like vanish after a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you got Joe Exotic, Kanye West, Roseanne Barr. Uh, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's a good, he's a success story too. He's not president. No, he just he just became yeah. governor. We're but what I'm saying is like, I was talking about like celebrities who run for office oh. and actually win. Cause a lot of them don't, like you said, they end up just yeah. fading, but yeah. Caitlyn Jenner. Kate- oh, Lord, <laughs> I don't know. I, she didn't deserve what she got recently, but she don't need to be in the race. No. Uh, she ended up coming in six. Uh, they said she like got around uh, 60,000 votes. She even says that she thinks that her running for president this year, 2012, inspired Trump to later run for the next election. Uh, They end up really becoming like, I don't know if you want to call them friends, but they end up really becoming supporters of each other, you know, especially during his his campaigning and uh, when he gets elected into office. Yeah. (laughs) So in 2003, here comes another Twitter controversy. You uh, said when? 2013. Okay. So 2013, Roseanne tweets that Susan Rice, who is a African-American woman and who was a former national security advisor for Obama, she tweets that she's a big man with swinging eight balls. Hmm. I wonder why they have to be eight balls. Exactly. Uh, this tweet eventually is deleted, but is seen. Um, as far as I know, not much happened. This is 2013, so she doesn't have really much to lose. Like you said, she had that short-lived reality TV show. I think it was on, like one season. Yeah, and it was on Lifetime, no offense. Once, Besides Married at First Sight, what reality TV show on Lifetime has really been the shit? <laughs> was Dance Moms on Lifetime? Ah, oh, shit. That don't count. It's oh. the kids. <laughs> <laughs> they don't count. <sighs> but yeah, so that is eventually de- deleted. Another Twitter thing, 2016. I-, I think it's, I hope I'm pronouncing it. Huma or Huma Wiener. Uh, she was the, she's the wife of Anthony Wiener or going to be former wife. You know, the dude who was Texting mm. people his wiener and stuff. Yeah, horrible last name for that. Yeah, I know, right? Well, his wife, Huma, Huma, I, I feel so, I can't pronounce it right. It's spelled H-U-M-A. Uh, Huma. She was, yeah, she was a uh, aide to Hillary Clinton. And in 2006, Roseanne was tweeting that she was a Jew hater and she was a filthy Nazi whore. Ooh. Yeah, she when she wants to bring out the big guns, like Roseanne, uh, watching some of these videos of her on YouTube, she's like, oh, I like to make jokes and, you know, I don't like anybody, so I'll talk about anybody. And she gets into politics and stuff like that. But it seems very, she's not very constructive is what I'm seeing. She has all these ideas and these opinions about people and their positions. But instead of, constructive criticism what you get is a lot of ignorant name calling or put downs 
or just congregating a congregation of hatred. You don't see anything like there's no plans. Yeah. You know, like uh, I w- it's like the person who like it's like a woman saying, man, uh, we got to I hate the Me Too movement. All you do is uh, trap men and, and get them canceled. OK, so what's your alternative? Wh- what would you replace the Me Too movement with so that people can still be held accountable accountable for their crimes against people in the industry? Or you just don't want Me Too? Like she's one of those people. I just just gut the whole thing, take it all out and not replace it with anything. Just let the problem stand. I don't know. She now, honestly to me seems like one of those crazy people that are on Facebook and it's like, why the fuck am I following this person? Maybe, yeah. That was in 2016. Around 2017 is when all the buzz starts about the reboot happening for Roseanne. Uh, I was it, so excited. You were? Mm-hmm. I, I got less excited as I started seeing what Roseanne was doing, but I was excited initially as well. I did not know. Like, I forgot about the cookie thing, and I forgot I didn't hear about the other things. And the national anthem was like, hmm. You are such a Roseanne forgives. <laughs> you don't remember anything. People really start talking about the reboot after um, Sarah Gilbert and John Goodman do like a little small parody of Roseanne on the talk. Uh, and then apparently that spurred Sarah Gilbert to, you know, sit down with some producers and and John and get the whole cast together, like see if they can get this whole cast together to do the show again. Yeah. And I mean, around this time, everything's being freaking rebooted. I, and I literally said that's literally in my notes. I said people have been asking for this for a while because we were in the reboot era. This was I said it first. Fuck you. <laughs> this is when, yeah, everything was getting rebooted. Everything was getting rewritten, redone. Yes. The reboot's officially announced in 2017. The whole cast is coming back. We're getting new episodes of Roseanne, but we're in a totally different decade, century, year. I would like to think that this is a good time. This is a happy time. You know, Roseanne is going back to what really made her big, successful, and famous, you know, Roseanne. Yeah, everyone loves Roseanne. But this is Roseanne now. And Roseanne was on Twitter. And when I mean on Twitter, she was on it. Like I said before, when she was tweeting, she was tweeting everybody and anybody how she felt when she felt it, you know? Yes. And with her going back on a network television show, especially it being like ABC, which you can correct me if if I'm wrong or just, you know, give me your opinion. I feel out it, it, despite Fox being Fox, you know, they have two sides of their coin. I feel like ABC is one of the more conservative television shows with how they run things, even though they have some of the more risky shows, especially, you know, nine o'clock past that's just how i view them so what do you think when you say conservative like i i just feel like they apologize for a lot more they're very sensitive about certain subjects and don't uh they'll give you the header like everybody i think when you say conservative though it confuses me because like conservative as in right more like they're more Mm. pc politically correct there we go thank yeah. you you're in my mind that's what i mean like they, um, more, they err on the side of caution when it comes I, to what they display i agree with that i think they are trying to 
trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks. So, uh, with her going back on network television uh, after such a long break, because she she ain't been on like a a big network show for decades, and. ABC essentially is like, we want to do this. We want Roseanne, but they were drawing certain lines that they didn't want cross, you know, certain boundaries. And they kind of expected the cast and Rose Roseanne by extension to kind of carry themselves a certain way. And with any job that's kind of expected, mm-hmm. but especially this, I feel like more pressure on this one because people ha- had been asking for it for so long and they finally got it and they got it with everybody. Like, as you know, from reboots now and before, uh, getting the original cast of, of of a show, all of it is very hard, especially if they're all alive, because they all want either different figures or they all in different uh, modes of life. You never know. So and I some thought, of them just have quit acting. That too. Yeah. They'd be out the game. So I feel like they were like hyping this up. They really wanted this to go well. They wanted all their ducks in a row. But unfortunately, they they had somebody named Roseanne on their team, which, you know, it, it, it didn't work out this well. Um, it didn't work out that well. And just to kind of give you an idea of how much power she had, especially back then, was when Roseanne first started, they had this writer slash executive producer named Matt Williams. And, you know, Matt Williams kind of wanted to call the show like, life and stuff and he wanted to do some other ideas and he wrote certain lines for Roseanne and stuff like that and apparently him and Roseanne just did not get along you know she didn't want to read some of his lines she didn't want to call that show that she wanted to call it Roseanne because it was about her and her life and she essentially ends up pushing this man Matt Williams out of the show in the first season like within like 13, 14 episodes. But this is like height of her career, Roseanne. Now you're at this uh, older Roseanne who doesn't have all the, the power and the juice she had before, except for her name. And it's still not enough. They, they're still expecting, she's not, who's, who's big right now? She's not Zendaya. They weren't giving her, like, I feel like if Zendaya had an ABC show, it don't matter what she do on Twitter or whatever, they gonna pay what she asked for. They gonna leave her alone because they know that her name brings star power and attraction and popularity. Exactly. Zendaya from Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, I think that's why I thought about it. Whereas (laughs) Roseanne, you could say the same for her in the 80s and 90s, but in 20. Uh, 17 is a totally different ball game. You're more valuable to her, essentially. You want her and you need her, but you feel like uh, you could bluff bluff her enough to uh, to make her do what you want. But that was Before not true. Before I give my opinion, I do want you to tell the actual scandal. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I'm just saying I'm just not going to say my part yet. Uh, Roseanne was very outspoken, said what she want, but she especially expressed herself through her Twitter. So as they're filming the season up to the premiere uh, through 2017 up to 2018, Roseanne was tweeting her controversial thoughts, her statements and her opinions, you know, whatever she wanted. 
And then to the point where even her children were like, okay, you're about to do this reboot, but we think you might mess this up. Even her daughter was like, you know, I I was talking to her because I didn't want her to get fired before it began. Uh, December 2017, her her son, Buck Thomas, he sees Roseanne leave her phone out on the the table, knowing how she, no offense, likes to run her mouth and what she's talking about and all that. He says, "Okay, let me take this phone and reset her password on Twitter, resets it. You know, she gets her phone back after, uh, I guess, a month. They're at this event and she's just like coming down and whining like, oh, I want I want my password. I want to be able to do this and do this and that. You know, he caves, which I guess I, guess I could see it, but no, I couldn't. Uh, he caves to his mother and gives her uh, her password back. So that's in January. He wait, He took it from her in December, gave it to her in January. In February 2018, she sends out a tweet basically accusing of the Parkland shooting survivors of being like actors, not being real, not being really a part of that tragedy. And somebody basically says, hey, uh, you might want to delete that before ABC sees. Apparently it's deleted. It's not even brought up. March 27, 2018, Roseanne premieres, does great. 18.2 million people watch it. Um, They even say it's like the highest rated network comedy uh telecast in almost four years yes everyone loves roseanne yeah like nothing was breaking records like that damn that like she had the power to bring people from the right the left like i feel like both sides love roseanne yeah because even if you don't like all the stories i feel like everybody could pick out a few episodes that either you relate to or really find funny. You know, yeah. You know, Roseanne premieres, it does well. In just the first few episodes, it already gets renewed for a second season. After the premiere episode does so well, Trump calls Roseanne and congratulates oh. her for the success. <laughs> congratulates her for the success. You know, stuff is going great. Roseanne's back in the spotlight for her comedy. Nobody's talking about them dumbass tweets until... They weren't. <laughs> um, May 28th, 2018. Uh, let me set the scene for you. Roseanne's at her mother's house in Utah visiting her. At this time, she's just been, you know, casually drinking and she's taking Ambien. So in the middle of the night, she wakes up and she goes on Twitter and there's a Twitter thread talking about WikiLeaks, the Obama administration and Valerie Jarrett. The last tweet in the thread uh, just says Jarrett helped hide a lot. Roseanne, early in the morning, um, it says it's time stamped as 145. So technically it was May 29th. She replies and she says Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ, Valerie Jarrett, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says that after she sends that tweet, she goes back to sleep. And then when she woke up, everything was out of her hands it was fucking different she says that when she wakes up she goes on twitter everybody's calling her racist and saying that she is a racist and all these other bad things then she's getting a call from the network and the media is tearing her apart and everything she has a conference call i guess with the big bosses at abc and disney 
and she's trying to rectify the situation. She's telling them like, uh, I'll go on the ABC talk shows. I'll do what you need to. I'll explain myself and apologize. Because what Roseanne says is that this tweet was a political joke. Uh, She says it's a bad one, but it was not a racist joke. And that she did not even know that Valerie Jarrett was black. Hmm. Which is, here's my problem. As a Roseanne apologist. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Here's my problem, right? In Uh 2013, she was calling another black woman a big man with swinging eight balls. Yes. And then fast forward uh, five years later, you're talking about another black woman and you're relating it to a monkey. And here's my problem is that she's like, it's not about her looks. It's about uh, the way that the, their regime and the way that they ran it in the, the movie and the regime of the Muslims and all. And I'm like, that makes no sense. You literally said Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby. That's a human. That's that's a specimen. And you're saying she's that specimen. And what kills me is that I also was watching a Joe Rogan the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. Uh, oh, I'm sorry for you. I know, right? I don't really care for Joe Rogan that much either, unless he's hosting Fear Factor. He's then, then he's my man. Um, and it got just so disrespectful. Like first, it wasn't. They were just kind of talking about it. Uh, how you know it? They were just excusing Roseanne? her. Bo- both of them. Joe is like, I understand you're this great person. And I've never kind of uh, saw you as a racist and you were you you had taken the Ambien and they don't care that you've been drinking and that you're taking the Ambien and that you have uh, you're going through a breakdown and you're going through some mental issues. It's like Roseanne was a grown ass woman and she and it's not the first time that she was talking out her neck about things she didn't need to and was tweeting. I mean, during this whole phase of a year or two before the reboot happened, she was very, very active on Twitter. And I felt in very controversial ways, whether she was talking about um, the Parkland uh, shooter survivors, but that was like later, or when she was talking about Pizzagate, which, uh, do you know what Pizzagate is? No, my Okay. Yeah, she was talking about Q QAnon. How do you say that? QAnon. Yeah, she's and if you believe in QAnon, you're a fucking moron. That's what I'm saying. She's she's tweeting all these things. She's trying to get engagement from these people. It just kind yeah. of sh- shows you her mindset, and um, that type of person doesn't get to excuse her behavior because she was taking some Ambien, and you don't get to say that you didn't know somebody was black when you already have a history of referring to other people as different ways, and then you've already referred to a black woman having uh, a part relating to a, a monkey or an ape. It's like, it's kind of a pattern, even though it's only two. It, it exactly. was on your mind. You, you wanted to say it. Here's my kind of take on it. First of all, the Joe Rogan thing. I hate, we just kind of discussed it with the Made Cali episode where when a, when white people are saying, is this racist? It's not racist. And it's just like a panel of white people. And it's like, maybe throw a little, a splash of color in there just so yeah. you get a different view. And exactly. so that's point one. Point two, like you said, there is a pattern now. 
it's just maybe one other person, but there's a pattern. It's equating black people to monkeys. Like Mm -hmm. there's a pattern and you can say, I didn't mean it that way. Don't like, come on. And for three, I think Roseanne has always been a trash human being. We just did not get to see those parts because she wasn't Twitter and social media, Instagram, all that. And now TikTok have brought celebrities like right to our front door where we get to see them. We get to interact with them. Mm-hmm. And in the nineties, that wasn't a thing like Roseanne. You just knew her on the big screen. You saw her on her TV show and people loved her. And now when she comes, you see all this craziness behind her. And I don't even want to say craziness because I don't want it to be about her mental illness. I don't mean it that way. Exactly. Yeah. I mean it. Yeah. I mean it more like craziness <laughs> as in this bullshit of QAnon and pizza day and the anytime someone's like, Oh, the shooting didn't happen. It's like, how dare you? Like, you know, people died and their surviving families have to deal with that. And you're just trying to dismiss their grief. Like it's just so disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Cause the thing is, you know, we're, we're coming towards the end of this i know it's been a long one as well (laughs) but the thing is what we talked about i i I skipped over a few things like i didn't dive into all the things she was talking about with pizzagate or 4chan and all that other stuff but she was continuously on the the the, uh, side of twitter where they indulge right conspiracy theories that don't have a lot of uh, things fact-checked. Yeah. And she was also um, suffering from whatever disorder she has, and then therefore knowing that she might go through these laps of judgment, still being engaged on her social media, her or her family still letting her express her thoughts publicly knowing that maybe she's not always in the right state of mind and then therefore years and years pass you get on network tv you and i won't even lie this is a bad tweet but it's not it's this is not the worst tweet of roseanne's honestly if but we were it t- was the time period in which she got caught up if we want to talk about conspiracies my conspiracy is they planned to get her out of there at the end of season one. Maybe. Because, because- how they wrote it, how at the end of season one, spoilers, if you haven't seen Roseanne reboot, she goes to have a surgery on her knee and she's like kind of addicted to these pain pills. And then when the Connors, when they reboot it and, you know, kill off Roseanne, it says that she died during surgery. So I feel like at the end of season one, they had this perfect way to like get rid of her because they knew those tweets were going to come and bite her in the ass. But that's just my conspiracy. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's what's so crazy. So, um, okay. So she, as we know, uh, the next day after the tweets, she gets what she wakes up. She has the remorse. The bosses are breathing down her neck. You know, she don't know what to do because her, um, her suggestions are kind of falling on deaf ears, essentially. They kind of wanted her to agree to what they wanted to agree to, and then she could do whatever the fuck she wanted. So um, they cancel it. They they cancel Roseanne. 
Uh, and they did it fast. Fast as hell. And this is kind of where I do kind of agree with her son. So her son basically says that uh, her son, Jake Pentland, one of her first ones, her first children, you know, says that he's a free speech absolutionist, but you can pretty much say whatever you want as long as you supported Hillary Clinton. As soon as mom donned that MAGA hat, she was an enemy, which I'm not agreeing with that whole sentence. What I agree with is as soon as mom donned that MAGA hat, she was an enemy, which is that ABC took a chance on Roseanne, the personality and the show, while also wanting to pull in uh, the political viewers of Trump supporters, because that's what they tried to target the Connors as. Not the yes. Connors, the show, but the family. They wanted them to be uh, Republicans and stuff Some like that. Some of them, yes. Yes. So they wanted to capitalize on all that bright and shiny stuff. And it ended up blowing back in their face when she was really giving them a taste of it. But because of what she was tweeting, because the tweet comes off very racist. I'm just saying comes off. I view it as racist. Some people won't. But because it comes off very racist, uh, Trump was very toxic at that time and very much being accused of being a racist at this time. Their association really did further downgrade her. And I think, yes, she maybe did deserve uh, to not be in the spotlight at that time, let that shit blow over, apologize and take accountability for our actions. But because she was a- attached to Trump and she supported him so hard and uh, stood beside him and indulged in these conspiracy theories influenced by him, it really did fuck her stock up even more. She, so it just, she became a little bit untouchable, which essentially I, I looked at her filmography I've looked at what she's done since Roseanne and it's really nothing. It's been more self-promotion. Like she's done interviews. She hasn't done a lot of projects. Yeah. And I think you'll find that with a lot of people who were really riding for Trump in his quote unquote heyday, like the first couple years of his presidency, the people who stood beside him when he was doing real messed up stuff, you know, calling uh mexicans rapists and throwing out fucking paper towels to puerto ricans after a hurricane and doing just real fucked up shit to minorities it just didn't help her case being associated with that and saying this about a black woman that she supposedly didn't know was like oh what pissed i forgot what pissed me off about the joe rogan thing was these dumbasses him and whoever his co-host is whoever that dumb motherfucker was with the mic in that other video basically say oh yeah she didn't even know he she was black and and you know what she, she looks like the woman off the planet of the apes. She looks like her. Mm. What the fuck are you guys? Man, if you don't get your fucking swamp rat face ass <laughs> off my goddamn computer phone screen, I cannot stand him. I refuse to watch Joe Rogan. I remember there was a case we covered and someone was on there that I could have watched. I'm like, I'm not watching that. Like, I'm not. That's yeah, cruel just, and unusual punishment, and I'm not yeah, doing it. Yeah, it's just so much excuses, excuses. Oh, my gosh. You, you've had I, – I know people who have had mental breakdowns. I know people who have been diagnosed with mental disorders. That does not give you the right to not have full control of yourself and not know your boundaries. If you know that you kind of get – you get loose lippy 
get your phone out your hand during some time, some hours. Let, let, I mean, take responsibility for your actions. I mean, for real, the ambient and drinking, I, I thought it was a poor excuse and all that. But anyway, let's see. Yeah, let's, we were rooting finish. for you, Roseanne. We all were. <laughs> but let's get back to it. So they canceled it really fast, uh, hours after they were on the phone with her. Then came another option. So then they spent all this money into getting the cast together, getting this crew together. The, uh, another option since Roseanne was now leaving was going forward with the show without Roseanne, but using the rest of the family, becoming the Connors. They wanted Roseanne to basically sign a contract. It's going to be a settlement. They're going to give Roseanne an undisclosed amount of money, which she doesn't say. ABC, of course, doesn't say. But I feel like it had to be a hefty, a hefty bag. I did not know she got a payout. Yeah, they don't really say like they say a settlement and all mm-hmm. that. And she agreed to the settlement in which she also relinquished claims to financial and creative involvement. So that means once she signed that, she was done. She is no longer associated with Roseanne anymore. I, I assume, you know, with the syndication checks on the other half of Roseanne, you know, she's still associated with that. But when it came to the Connors, uh, they wanted her to relinquish all claims, all titles to that. That must uh, be hard, though. That is her namesake. And that's another thing. So this is the only part where I really did kind of feel bad. But once again, she was a grown woman who brought she these, brought it on herself. Exactly. Like, you have these very uh, out there views and the people paying you don't do that. So you, she had to take note of her audience once it changed. But anyway, uh, she says that in the uh, video I watched from Vice, like a where is she now? Like She was kind of depressed that she was very upset that she got pushed out of her life's work, that she no longer is a um, associated with her namesake like that, that they kind of ruined her career and like stuck her out to dry. Mm. Oh, well, a little small part about the settlement. And so she signed the settlement also because that saved a lot of the jobs for the cast and the crew. Yes. Um, as, as you know, Roseanne was renewed for a second season. So all those people, when you hear that you're expected to be there for another year. Uh, she said because she believes in labor rights and she had been saying that since her show when it first premiered in the 80s, that she felt like she would be a hypocrite if she did not sign. Um, but she also felt that <clears throat> she was not respected because when she signed, she um, was told, well, basically she was told by producers and other people that if she signed the settlement, she would be looked at as a hero because she saved these jobs. Um, Also, Tom Warner, one of those executive producers I spoke about that was with the original and then the reboot, had also said that he would like kind of essentially go to bat for Roseanne and say, like, I know Roseanne. uh, She's not a racist. She she said stuff like that. She's not a racist. She says once she did that, Warner kind of stayed to himself. He, he shut the fuck up. He never issued out a statement. It, it was what it was. Warner says that he's always found like in like in the 2020 era, he's like saying, well, I've always found Roseanne to be um, tolerant and inclusive to others. But when the tweet came out, I found it to be repugnant and racist. Uh 
but it's like, so which one is it? Did did you support Roseanne and you just came out like later after all it passed and said that she wasn't a racist because you didn't want to be associated with her, like the other celebrities that defended her? Or um, were you just issuing a statement to get the people off your back? Because I don't, I don't know. I don't think, do you think Roseanne's a racist? And would you, if you've been a, a long time collab, like you've collaborated with her for nine years on one sitcom and then come back and collaborate with her again, she does this bullshit, explodes on the scene. You release a statement or do you shut the fuck up? I think, I don't want to say Roseanne is like actively racist, but does she have racist quality? Sure. Um, mm. I don't think he owes it to her to release a statement. I mean, he, at the end of the day, he's not responsible for her. She's a grown ass woman. Even if you felt like, even if you were promised that somebody would go out there to bat for you after you're in this public media shit storm. I mean, that's what she says. I don't know if. No, I'm just saying, how would you feel? Like, what would, like, what would you You've promised, you promised me. No, I don't want to be a racist. I'm going to be something stupid. I don't know. I stole something, but I returned it. (laughs) And you were like, bro, I'm going to go out there and bat for you because you made a mistake, but I know you ain't no real thief. And so we get out there and I'm nudging you and you like, what? (laughs) Um, I don't think I would. I think it's a sinking ship. Like there's no point. Like, interesting yeah there's no point in him going down with her like he's not gonna save her mm-hmm. yeah basically how it all ends is that you know roseanne feels slighted she isn't really in much after roseanne and she just talks about how people abandoned her and pushed her out and yeah she, didn't she go like after sarah gilbert gilbert yeah she said because well here's the thing I guess everybody else did half to half. I don't know if Lori Metcalf said anything, but like John Goodman did say um, that he felt it was an ignorant and, and racist comment, but he did not feel that Roseanne herself was a racist, that maybe she was going through some stuff, you know, but he was kind of half like he was, uh, he, he was on the fence. He didn't give a real strong statement against her, but he he wasn't cuddling her in the statement. But Sarah Gilbert, she was like, this is that the, the, the tweet was abhorrent and repugnant and nobody who's associated uh, with our TV show, none of our cast, none of those uh, comments reflect our beliefs. So it's like, yeah, she was already off the show when you said that because you were like, none of this cast or crew, those those beliefs don't uh, reflect onto us. I mean, she ain't lying. She wasn't. Maybe I feel like Gilbert definitely thought it was a sinking ship. Gilbert, in in a way, I feel like uh, Sarah Gilbert has the right to not trash her, but to to tell her more than tell her tell her off more than anybody because Sarah was one of the executive producers as well, and she kind of helped get everything together. That's what as I was about well. to say. Like. Roseanne might have been. Roseanne might have got the first one started, rightfully so. But Mm -hmm. Sarah definitely got the reboot into the works. I remember watching the talk, and she would always like talk about it. Exactly. So that 
I mean, I kind of talked about where she is now. Uh, you know, she still has her macadamia nut farm. Um, you know, she's still with her partner, uh, Johnny, who she never married. That, Johnny that's good why. time. Is that oh, is that his name? No, I just <laughs> I think that's a song. Oh, I was gonna say because I feel like she called him like Johnny something, but his his real last name is Argent. Johnny Guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and they've been together since 2003. So, you know, she's she's got love in her life, if nothing. But where do you think she's coming back maybe in a year or two? Because this all happened. This all jumped off in 2018. And Honestly, it's, it's been three. They did not fire her. I don't think people would have boycotted the show. I think people still would have tuned in. I feel like more people stop watching. I, I still watch the Tonners. I like the Connors. It's mm-hmm. a little different, but I think it still does well without Roseanne. That's that's what Joe Rogan said. Oh my gosh, you agree with him? Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like, he was like, uh, they could have, they could have done this a different way and still had her on, had her apologize, had them work it into the show as an episode or something, and they would have had a great turnout. Yeah, and I think people obviously on the right are going to be on her side people mm-hmm. on the left kind of are it like you said it's not that bad of a tweet it, it was just the time period in which the tweet happened yeah and it's and it's a dog kinda, whistle let, it's not she's not you know calling her the n-word she's not doing something like that bad it's planet uh, of the apes it's bad but it's, it's not yeah but it could be a lot racist. worse yeah that's what i'm saying like I said, I, I think it was, that's why I, I kind of agree. It, did she deserve to be on the bench for a little bit? Yes. But do you think she could come do back? Do I think she needed to be full-blown canceled? I don't know, because there's a lot worse conservative right-wing people who I can't stand, who I feel like say worse things, or right. just on par with what Roseanne says, and they're not canceled yet. If Roseanne wanted to do a stand-up show, I think she would sell out. I think if she did it the right way and marketed her to the right, uh, you know, had the right jokes, she definitely would get a smash. Even if she did it, I mean, the right start tuning in anyways, but if she's not too right, she's still going to get people tune in. But I don't think she would do any liberal comment. And I don't even like saying a liberal, like, because she she does, uh, she's done political jokes, but she's not political. She's yeah, not political like comment. if she would just go out there and do housewife jokes, what she knows. Or just like being in a partnership that's not married. If she did jokes like that, people are going to listen to her. She's funny. Do you think Roseanne is still funny, though? Yeah, Roseanne's still funny. You don't think that people can lose it or sometimes people just depend so much on writers that they lose what made them famous? Because I feel like I don't know if Roseanne would knock it out the park on just regular joking. I think she'd have to have it like... Look, Roseanne's sitting there at her tailored to a CMT audience. She, if she gets a Netflix special, she's she's gonna make it. Hmm, maybe you think she blacklisted? No, I don't. I think right now, if she would go somewhere, people might like cringe a little and be like, "Oh, why are they working with her?" But no one's really going to boycott her. Yeah, I, I don't see anyone boycotting her. Do you see people boycotting her? Not, not. I mean, she really. has the ambient. She, she can blame it on the ambient. She can blame it on not thinking it through. She can blame it on being impulsive. She can blame yeah. it on so many things that 
she can make a comeback so easily. That is true. I just think it won't be on. Uh, it, it it won't be no show, like you said. It'll probably be like comedy. She could do a, a show. I can see her on a show. I cannot see her doing another show. I don't see maybe not the main character, but I can see if someone brought her in and she's like, you know, the wacky mom on the show. I can see that. I could never never see her as a, um, on a show, something that you got to do continuously. I don't think if she's, if she's not the lead character or one of the leads, I don't think she would flourish. Maybe. Or maybe I can honestly see her guest starring. If she would guest star here and there, like just make one, appearance like no one's gonna get mad at that like people are gonna be happy that is true she could do something like that i can see it now like her being guest star on the show and it's like roseanne's first time on tv again and people are like eating that shit up yeah because whether or not they hate her or like her they just want to see what she looks like and see what she's doing and see if she's funny yeah well, this was a, a long one. It was still a long one, and it was a little messy, but we, we got to the end. So uh, now that we're we're through we're through the rain, let's get to the rainbow. So we like to end every show with some form of media that connects to us some way, somehow over the rainbow. Um, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I can go first because mine mine has to do with the subject. Uh, so, like I said before, I told y'all I loved Roseanne, the TV show, and uh, I also loved her stand-up comedy routines later and stuff. But I also loved She-Devil. Um, I don't know why. It was one of those, I guess, bad movies that I just couldn't help watch a lot. And sometimes people don't even say it's a bad movie. You know, it depends on who you ask. It had Meryl Streep in it, for God's sakes. And I love Meryl. Uh, but... You know, she devils just about Roseanne being this little well-to-do housewife. You know, she got the kids trying to put dinner on the table and all this other stuff. And her husband don't appreciate her. And eventually he starts cheating on her with, you know, this uh, beautiful author, which is Meryl Streep. And then Rosie. Yeah, that's her name in the show. I mean, the movie. It's it's the it's her it's her name no matter what the hell she's in, honestly. That's, <laughs> and that's and that's tight. <laughs> she ain't got to be called too many names, but uh, basically, she ends up uh, abandoning her family. Not really, just send them off to uh, their cheating, philandering father, while she works up a plan to get him back and destroy his life. And it works, and it's beautiful. And I just love the whole movie. It's. It's, it's not a award winner, but it's a crowd pleaser for me. <laughs> I just love the ending where she's walking and the Elvis song's playing. Yeah. I just it's... love how she gets to see him at his lowest and she's she all decked out low-key. Yeah. I honestly don't remember it. Yeah. I'll send you some clips. <laughs> <laughs> What's your media? Oh, that's all you have for today? Well, I didn't want to say too much. I mean, it's it's a simple, it's a simple, uh, it's a simple movie, you know. Watch it or not. It oh, seems... she got a oh, it's crazy how she had a mole on her on her lip. And yes, was, my mother, my grandmother used to have a mole on her lip before she got it uh, removed, and my mom used to have a mole uh, on the bot, not the the top. There's no top of the chin. <laughs> she used to have a mole on her chin before she got it removed. So uh, maybe it also was a comfort thing when I watched it. <laughs> maybe. Um, 
I guess that's where I expect from a Roseanne apologist to be Roseanne Media. But- you know what? I don't <laughs> want these comments on the- y'all. I ain't gonna be doing an episode for a while. Y'all ain't gotta hear me no more. <laughs> okay. Um, my media is Window Seat by Erica Badu. Hey, which hey. I, I told you about Erica Badu. First, um. but don't. don't you- <laughs> First of all, don't you play on these airwaves. They get these people thinking that a man named Jose introduced Erica Badu in my life. Like I didn't, like I like, like, like my mama didn't have a copy of <laughs> Mama's Got a No, it's Mama's Gun. I said Mama's Got a Gun. I'm thinking well, of Window Seat is not from that album. It's from, I know, but that's one of the best albums she's ever had. Okay. We're from New America Part Two. Mm-hmm. So Window Seat is one of my favorite songs by Erica Baldu. And I always relate to it because sometimes you just want to get away and you don't want anyone saying that to you. Mm-hmm. And hey, that's. I'm going to take your titties out as you walk. <laughs> but here's the thing. Okay. So you already know which one I prefer and you probably already know. Yeah. Because I'm asking you this question, but do you prefer the, the actual version of Window Seat or do you like the performed version? I like, like when she, I guess it depends my mood. Really? I think, you know, I don't mind the regular window seat version, but usually if I want to intentionally listen to her sing it, I always go to the Soul Train performance. Yes. That's my favorite one. Honestly, the whole album of New America Part 2 could be my media because 20 Feet Tall is a great song. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, and... I mean, she says, if I get off my knees, I'll realize I'm 20 feet tall, and which is something that you just have to tell yourself. Um, Fall in Love, Your Funeral is a great song. And there's another one. Oh, where is it? Out of My Mind, Just in Time. That's cool. Erica Badu does such a great job of making 10-minute songs oh. feel like one minute. Like, 10-minute passes, and you're like, what just happened? Because... <laughs> You just been through this experience and it's not on the album, but green eyes is one of those other 10 minute songs. That's like Mm -hmm. amazing. And I want you, I don't know if it's 10 minutes, but it's like, it's close. It's almost, it's around that, but yeah, she does. She does great long songs and her voice is perfect for them. Green eyes, of course, is my favorite. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that is. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I that shit right now that is all for our episode today yeah if you got through it let us know comment like subscribe <laughs> yes please subscribe please leave her five-star review please tell your friends tell your enemies tell your mama tell your daddy tell your brother tell your sister tell everyone tell your papa your <laughs> mima if you got one and you call her that which i mean that's your choice it's a choice not my choice it's yours <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, you can send us an email at saveyoursorry at gmail.com. You can tell us a media that relates to you, or you can go to our Instagram at saveyoursorry. You can go to our Twitter, which is at saveyoursorry, but the your is spelled you are. And if or you bro. want to send us a dollar or two, <laughs> you can send it to the Cash App. Dollar sign Savior Sorry spelled just like the name of our podcast. It would really help us get better research and everything is appreciated. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, I, and, and 
uh, just in the last week, we've gotten a lot more like engagement with likes and followers on both of the social media accounts. So we, we do appreciate the people who have already done all those things. Just want yes. to let you know. We love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> that is all for today. So okay. see you guys next. See you guys next Saturday. I say what? <laughs> it's been wonderful. Bye. Bye.